Okay, so I think I recognise quite a few faces, which is nice. Um, but for those of you that don't know me, I'm probably wondering where on earth this woman's come from. Um, I've been at Eastgate now for 15 years. Too long, too long. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> you got my back, haven't you? <laughs> too long. Uh, 15 years. Um, and I'm now the youth leader here overseeing the, all the youth departments. So I kind of apologise for what I'm about to say, but I kind of don't. Um, because I grew up with brothers and... Um, we're quite open and honest and things are what they are and we used to play in the woods a lot and uh, had a lot of fun. So I have a filter for a lot of things, um, but I purposely have decided to go ahead with this analogy. Um, I might not get asked to speak again afterwards, but I've got the mic at the moment, so I'm going to go with it. Because um, I'm talking on Galatians and um, we've been going through the series for the last... Oh, term, isn't it? So how many weeks that is. Um, and when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, well, everyone's already said everything. Um, but when you come back around, Paul's got a few more comments to say about some things that he said already. So we're going to go back around where, where Paul's been um, and his conclusion tonight. Um, but first off, very randomly, and uh, thanks for the donkey, Steph, because that takes us into this transition nicely. Um, can you imagine what it would be like, well, I bet you can because we've all been through this, um, to you go home, you're in your house, it's all nice and clean, everything's beautiful, lovely, you've got nice carpets and stuff, and then, um, say, a, I don't know, 12-year-old child runs through the house, um, runs upstairs, grabs their stuff, runs back out the front door, and they're off. And a few minutes later, you're sat there thinking, what's that smell? That's, that's really odd. What's that smell? And uh, you're thinking, oh, I don't know where it's come from. And you're looking around. And um, then you realise that your lovely 12-year-old child has run through the house with dog muck on their shoe. Yes. Have you all been there? Or yourself, even? You can own up to that if you have. Um, I definitely have. You get in and you're like, oh, great, now I've got to clean it out. Well, there's some common reactions to that kind of thing. And um, I'm going to go to some very famous actors. And now if I was Danny Silk or Paul Bungay, who's my husband, um, I would have some amazing voices to accompany these pictures. Um, but I don't. So you'll have to kind of imagine the voices in your head. Um, that doesn't sound great, does it? Of the actors. So who have we got first? Is he going to come up? Arnie. Why, Mike? I hate dog poo! Really angry, really annoyed. Oh, this is just disgusting. Why is that in my house? I don't know what to do with it now. I've got to clear that up. Oh, horrible, horrible, horrible. Really angry. Or you're a bit of Simon Cow. I just don't want to know what is going on. I'm just going to close my eyes, stick my fingers in my ears and pretend it's not there. Someone else can deal with it. Or maybe you're Dustin in Outbreak. Uh, what's going on there? You go and have a look. You're going to investigate. But you're making sure you're prepared, so you've got your full cover on. There's none of that is getting through. You're not going to smell it. You're not going to touch it. You're going to go and clear it out properly. Or Jim Carrey, just deal with it. You do it. I'm not going near that. That's your problem. Get your 12-year-old back in. You go and scrub the stairs. Now, they're all quite funny. Um, but where I'm going with this, which you're probably thinking, well, this is really weird, is you can have some similar reactions to sin, just let that one sink in. 
So maybe someone's come up to you, maybe it's your kid, because, you know, let's go a little bit older. We work with teenagers, we know what they're like. Oh dear, I've mucked up, come in. Why? Why have you done that? What are you thinking? Why? Or, oh, I just don't want to know. I don't want to know. Just don't, don't tell me. Um, okay, we're we'll, we'll going to sort that out, but I'm, I'm prepared. I'm not letting any of that in me. And uh, you stay over there, and I'll just deal with you behind my mask, and we'll talk about it. Or just go and deal with it. You deal with it. I don't want to know. But Paul is giving us a different option. And it's really important when you've looked at it in the context of everything else that he's spoken about. Because he's coming from a place where he wants you to experience more freedom. He wants everyone to experience more freedom. And Steph said about gifts that are under your chair. And I think this is a gift tonight for us to all take away in how we interact with people who may have sin in their lives, but also how we interact with ourselves and bring freedom to our own lives when we're struggling with something. So this is what Paul says. Brothers and sisters, and I believe here he, he's been addressing the church in Galatian um, all along, so I no reason to think he's not now still talking to them. So brothers and sisters, so that covers everyone. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. So you who live by the Spirit. So again, every Christian, whether they were Jewish, Christian, or newborn Galatian Christians, doesn't matter, each one of you, should restore that person gently. Now, restore means to re-establish someone to um, a position or return something to its original state, former state. So what we... What we're being asked to do here, what we're being told to do, and I think it still applies today for sure, is when we recognize someone's caught in a sin or they're struggling with something, it's not to have the reactions that the guys on on my memes um, had, but it's actually to go with them in love and to restore them gently to their former position, to say to them, I believe you're way more awesome than this. I believe you're way more valuable. You're way more precious. You're way more righteous and holy than this. Let's get you back there. How are we going to get you back there? How are we going to help you recognize the truth of who you are? Because their sin's been covered. And that's the simple truth bit of it. So we're all going to work out how we're going to get clean shoes for ourselves and others. But the simple truth is, Jesus died on the cross for each and every one of our sins, way back then and way to come. And nothing is discounted from that. Every single sin is covered. So we are in a position where we get to help people through love, through gentleness, to restore them back to where they should be together, not exclude them. So these people are people that have lost the truth. They've forgotten the truth of who they are and what Jesus did for them. And if you, get, if you do get poo on your shoe, unfortunately, just to go back there, um, then that's pretty much all you can focus on, isn't it? Have you ever done it? You're like, oh, 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 I've got to get this off. Oh, you can't put your foot down. You can't walk straight. You're trying to get to the nearest place to clean it. And that's all you're focusing on. But if you've got someone that comes alongside you... Come up here, Steph. She's got my back. So I've mucked up. I've got poo on my shoe. Oh, just come here. Right, okay, let's go together. And then you can get somewhere else. It's a bit easier. Right, we're going to get this sorted out, aren't we? Apparently, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, let's get that off you so you can walk straight and keep in going in your destiny. 
Because the other alternative is to go back to this, to go back to the situation where we have Adam and Eve who have mucked up big time, who are distanced from God and are experiencing many of these things. Shame, fear, judgment, separation, isolation, lies, comparison, unforgiveness, punishment. Oh, no, not there yet. And punishment. And we're not living in that place anymore. That is not a consequence of our sin anymore. Jesus died for that, as you've got a glimpse of, <laughs> just there on the cross. So we don't have to live in this place, and neither do our brothers and sisters. And we don't want to take them to that route. If we're partnering with the enemy, and we, and we go with them with accusation and judgment and, and all those, those things that are the complete opposite of gentle, this is where we're keeping them. We're keeping them in this place. We're keeping them under the, the um, curse of Adam and Eve. We're not restoring them into the life of a new creation and back into their new created life as uh, resurrected in Jesus. And this is what we get. This is where we want them to be. We want them to be in freedom. We want them to be experiencing the fullness of the cross and what Jesus did for them. So back to righteousness, back to truth. They are pure. The simple truth. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. It's not hard. And yet sometimes we take it too far. We make it difficult. We make it hard. And uh, we get ourselves caught up in knots and we don't know how to untangle it. And actually the answer's there all along. We just need to come back to it. So we restore them gently. We bring them back to a former position. Now I love, um, not that I understand Greek a huge amount, but my study Bible was really helpful for me because it told me underneath my passage that I was reading here that in the Greek um, it was also used, the word restore, for setting bones, mending nets, or bringing factions back together. So it all speaks of unity. So to get away from the other analogy, if you break your arm and you hurt yourself, has anyone broke their arm? I know Pete has, Dave has. Oh, look, Carters, don't go near a Carter. (laughs) Obviously, don't look after their arms very well. But if you break your arm, do you chop it off and go, right, okay, we're not going to bother with that anymore because it's broken, it's damaged. What do you do when you break your arm? You bring it straight to you and bring it close. And that's what we do when someone's struggling, when they're, they're having a hard time, is we bring them close. We bring them straight into the body. We don't chop them off and throw them away. We bring them close. And the closer you bring them, the greater protection and love and support they have. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) And I'm not saying that we have to like sin. We don't have to like the behavior, but we do love the person. They're a member of the body. We are all members of one body, and we're all valuable. And the quicker we can get them in and patched up, the quicker we can get them functioning and fulfilling their God-given purposes again. So speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's just absolutely beautiful, isn't it? Just 
It makes every single thing, every single little bone, every single nail, every single hair, every single part of you just come alive with the love of God because you know how valuable and precious it is. Each part has got its part to play. (laughs) We've gone back to poo. (laughs) We don't want to be a church full of sin when you know it's out there, but you don't know where it is because it's covered in leaves and you might accidentally step on it. That was my point. (laughs) So it's much better when you're dealing with these issues with love, um, as Paul says, restoring people what that does is it says to people this is a safe place this is a place where you can be open you can be vulnerable you can talk to us obviously you don't have to announce it from the stage I've sinned and I need help but there are people around that are going to look after you and love you and that also gives a message to the world it gives a really important message that this is a safe place for them because if we can't love each other what are they going to get from us when they come into that? So we're talking about people in the world that are going to come to a Christmas fair. And if they see us like, oh, no, I can't go near you because, you, you know, you're dirty. You've got your mess to clear up and, and we, we just can't go near that. They're going to go, well, I'm not bringing my mess in here because it's not, I'm not going to feel welcomed. I'm not going to feel loved. I'm not going to feel looked after. And I think we've got a really great environment where, where that isn't the case. But it's just good just to check ourselves and just go, actually... You know, am I loving people? Am I looking at the sin and getting a bit annoyed? And it might be minor things as well. It doesn't have to be huge. Uh, you know, has someone annoyed you because they did something that was a bit irritating? You know, how did you deal with that? Did you deal with it in love and gentleness? So just going through a bit further, you can read on. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks that they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructors. So basically here we're saying, it's saying, test your own heart with God. Make sure your own shoes are clean. Have you got a bit of mess that needs clearing up? Deal with it. And if you think that you don't have any messes to clear up, well, maybe look a little bit closer um, because they might be there and you just need to be careful. Ask Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that guides us. He's the one that tells us. And if we just think, oh, no, it's okay. I'll li- I, I don't need to listen to that. I'm all good, thanks. Um, you're going to miss out on a lot because you're going to miss out on the fullness of the kingdom. And who wants to do that? That's just crazy. So listen to Holy Spirit. He'll prompt you. He'll guide you. He'll tell you if there's stuff that means that you're a little bit offline. Listen to him. Don't compare yourselves to other people. Have you ever done it when you thought, oh, I may be having a rough time, I may be mucking up a bit, but I'm nowhere near as bad as them. And it's kind of like you almost justify your behavior that way because you think, well, yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm not perfect, but, you know, I could be where they are or I could be, you know, a lot worse off. Or you look at people the other way and go, oh, they're so perfect, they're so amazing, there's no way I could be like them. I don't know how to get there, I don't know how to do that. You know, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to be like them and be perfect? The answer is absolutely nothing. You just have to trust in Jesus. You just have to believe in the cross. You just have to know him as your saviour and listen to his voice. The other thing is, if you're looking at other people's behaviour, you're just judging on the externals. You're not actually seeing their heart. 
And it might be that they're having a really rough time and going through some stuff and their behavior is a bit messy and a bit yucky. But their heart is pure and their heart is gold and they're just trying to to get away from this mess and actually a loving arm alongside them is all they need just to actually go back to that former state, that former position of being awesome and amazing. So don't use other people as a plumb line for your righteousness. You just get a wonky perspective. It won't help you. And just to balance it out with some evil ladies... So for the benefit of those who are at home, it says, I'm an angel compared to some of my friends. And we have Maleficent, Ursula, Cruella de Vil, and the evil queen. Just for fun. <laughs> Charlotte's been watching a lot of the descendants. And it's quite nice, actually. It's a quite a redemptive story because you've got all the children of the villains. And it's got, they're called the villains' kids, and they get to go to this island and, and they get a second chance and they realize, actually, they can be good. They don't have to be bad like their parents. So, yeah, it's good. I think there's Jesus in there somewhere. (laughs) So we carry on. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So we don't keep a focus on everyone else's sin. We carry our own load, check our own shoes, and we keep accountable to God and make sure our hearts are in line with his. You can't fake it. You can't fake a righteous life. You can't sow things into the ground and expect something different to pop up. What you put into the ground is what you get out of the ground. It'd be like sowing tomato seeds and expecting strawberries or sowing, putting an apple pip in the ground and expecting plums or pears. You, you get what you put in and God cannot be mocked. He also, I think it's um, the thing of meaning of mockery also means that not to be imitated. So you can't copy, um, you can't reproduce what Holy Spirit would do without Holy Spirit. You need Holy Spirit. You need to live with him. You need to walk with him. You need to sow with him. Because it's only him that does that. No one else does that. Everything else is just a rubbish replica that always falls short. So you can't fake it. You have to walk in line with the Spirit. You have to keep listening to God. You have to keep checking your heart and keep, to keep going forward to experience more. And that's the exciting thing. It's not... It's not a condemning thing. It's not, oh, you're terrible. We need to make sure you stay in line and toe the line and keep the rules. When you do this, you reap eternal life. You reap the kingdom of heaven. You experience more of the love of God. You experience more of his pleasure. You experience more of his presence. You experience more when you're outside, when you're you know, in the garden, when you're at school, when you're working, when you're on a commuting train, which I know can be hell on earth, but you can experience more of God. You can experience more of the kingdom. That's what this is all about. Who doesn't want more of that? And uh, I love here, it says, just keep going, keep going. Don't grow weary. Paul knows what it's like. He knows it's hard. If anyone knows how hard it is, Paul knows. He's been chucked in prison. He's been beaten. He's been abused. He's been accused. He's been told to toe the line and do things this way when he knows that he has to follow Jesus that way. 
He's not going to give up. He's not going to bow down to people, to, to persuasion, to culture, to say, yeah, okay, this is what you've got to do. That's what the whole argument about circumcision was. So I'm not going to do that just because you're telling me to. I know that in Jesus I am saved and that's all it takes. But he knows that's hard. And he's encouraging us, don't give up, don't grow weary. Keep going, keep going, because it's worth it. It's really worth it. So if you're going through a hard time, be encouraged. If you're finding that you're, you're butting against culture, be encouraged. Because that's, that means you're doing something different. That means you're bringing something different. You're bringing a kingdom of heaven where you are. And things don't like that. You know, spiritual things. People might not like that, but our battle's not with them. Our battle's up there, and it's been won. So we just need to keep releasing that and showing people we've won, we've won, we've won, and we love you no matter what. So why do we do all this? Pete did an amazing preach last week, so I'm not going to go into it all again tonight. Just grab it on the podcast. It's all for the spotless bride. When Jesus comes back, we're going to be standing in front of him, a righteous, united, beautiful bride, all joined together in unity. But also, while we're, we're going that way, we also get to show the beautiful bride to the world. And if you've ever been to a wedding... And you see the bride walking in, and um, they're all dressed. They're all, they always look beautiful, don't they? I've never seen an ugly bride. And um, they're all, they've got their hair done and their gown on. And, and then you look at the groom, and I love that, because you just watch them and their faces, and you're like, are you going to cry? Go on, cry, cry. But they look at the love that they look at. And, and I've been to weddings where I don't even know the bride, but I'm like welling up. I'm feeling really emotional, because the overwhelming love that is there... You just think, I don't care who you are, what you did or where you've come from. I love you because like, you can just get the love from the groom who just adores this person in front of him. And we get to be that bride in the eyes of Jesus in front of the world. And they're looking and they're going, who are you guys? Who are you? And, and who's that man that's looking at you so lovingly and adoringly and, and who wants you and is taking you as his? Who's that? I want to be a part of that. I want to come into this love. And that, that's exciting. That's beautiful. So we get to show the world that we get to invite them to come to the wedding and actually then join and be part of it. That's something that we can all get behind, isn't it? That's something exciting. Not you're going to come in and be judged for your sins. Actually, you're going to come in. You're going to be brought into this love bubble and uh, get to experience that beauty and righteousness for yourself. And that, yeah, that glorifies God. That brings worship to him that brings our hearts to him and connection with him and i think even the toughest cynic would soften to see jesus staring at his bride like that so it's not that we're expected to be perfect it's not that we're expected not to mess up but it's how we deal with that how we love how we help people how we restore people that shows the awesomeness of god and the power of the cross Yeah, just gonna skip over that bit. So, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. So that's bringing everyone together in unity. That's bringing them all together in love. It doesn't matter whether you're a Gentile, whether you're a Jew, 
whether you're French, Spanish, whatever now, we, you know, all across the world, you're brought together in unity and peace and mercy to you. And from now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. It's just Paul again just saying, I know whose I am, and I don't need to do anything else except to love on him and trust in him and have faith in him. I am his and he is mine, and that is all that matters. And whatever anyone does, it's not going to trouble me. And that's where we get to be. We get to be in that place. It doesn't matter what anyone does, what anyone says. We get to be with Jesus, marked as his, worshipping him, laying it all down at his feet. So that is the end of that. But I'd just like to finish because I feel that that could touch a nerve with someone where maybe you're thinking that's not been my experience and um, I just want to deal with that because we don't want anyone to go away thinking oh just something's just a bit ugh and um, you know or maybe people have dealt with you in a way that's not been caring or gentle or loving or maybe you indeed yourself have had those moments where you're like oh I'm just so fed up with this I don't like what you're doing it's awful and you just want to repent and, uh, and just experience more. Um, so we get to finish with, I think we can just, uh, it doesn't have to be a big thing, you know. It's turning around, saying sorry to God, getting your heart right with him. It doesn't have to be a big thing. I think we make it out, oh gosh, I've got to do seven prayers five days a week, um, go and bow towards the Christmas tree. I don't know. We make up some really weird stuff, don't we, of what, what we think it was necessary to get right with God. Um, who wants to be circumcised unnecessarily? Come on. I was just daft. <laughs> um, but if there's, I'll make light of it, but actually if there is anything and you're just thinking, actually, I don't want to be taking that home with me, um, just take a moment, just you and God, and just give it to him and just say, I messed up. Or, you know, I'm carrying this hair and I don't want it anymore and it's yours, Jesus. I just give it to you. I'm just leaving it here. I'm not taking it away with me. And uh, as he's a good dad, he's got good gifts, he's going to give you something in return. So maybe just put your hands out and just say, I give you that, Jesus. My shoes are clean. I know they are because of your cross. What are you going to give me, Jesus? What gifts have you got for me? What goodies have you got for me? Maybe it's more freedom. I think there's always more freedom. I'm a freedom junkie. I'll keep going. There's always more. There's always more freedom to have. Actually, I should say that there's always more awareness of the freedom because you've already got the freedom. But there we go. But there's always more. So what have you got for me, Jesus? What have you got? Hmm. They're going to be good. They're going to be glorious. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Yeah. We thank you, Jesus, for all you've done on the cross for us, for all the love that you poured out on that day when you took all our sins and carried them as your own, died for us, came born, um, new life again for us, so that we could be born again in you as new creations, that we could experience the fullness of the kingdom of heaven, 
that we could experience the fullness of your love and your presence and your goodness. And we say sorry, Father, for any time that we haven't lined up with your plumb line, that we've gone skew if, whether it's through comparison, through wrong thoughts, through our own sin. We give that to you and we clean our shoes and we straighten our heads and we lift ourselves and we look at you and go, where are we going now, Lord? Where are you taking us? What are you giving us? And we thank you for the unity that you bring, that you bring each and every one of us together, closer, tighter, as a body in love, together, worshipping you. We thank you, Jesus. You are so amazing. You are so wonderful. You are so love. We thank you, Lord.